Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. I am Sam North, and I'm joined by a market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia, Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, Sam. I'm good. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Very well. I mean, you must be in, in better spirits having, uh, having beaten Manchester City and given Arsenal a four-point lead at the top of the Premier League. I've done you a favour there, haven't we? Absolutely. But uh, oh, yeah, I was very surprised to, to see that scoreline. But it's it's that sort of standard, isn't it? We haven't played well for a long time going into the game. We always do sort of a bounce back. Um, you've also done yourself a, a bit of a tour recently, getting around the English English clubs. How was the, the Villa-Chelsea game? Yeah, do you know what? Villa were were good, to be honest, which is, mm. is probably a bit sad because they're probably going to get rid of your hero, Stevie G. Um but I think they should hold on. I hope they do because I, I actually saw some good signs. But yeah, no, it was good. Arsenal before that, Villa, and then we're at Southampton this weekend, Newcastle the week after. All these clubs, obviously, Toro partner with. Uh, and then we're going to do Palace uh, at a later date. So if there are any Southampton, Newcastle or Palace fans, uh, do pop down to the stadium Um anyone with the Toro account actually will get a, a free scarf. And actually really good, really good quality. Um, so yeah, that will be, that'll be our plan. But on the, on the podcast today, I, I don't know, we're starting to get really into earnings now, aren't we? Um, so we may as well focus on a few companies that have their earnings out this week or have already had those. So we've chosen Tesla, Netflix and Snap at the time of the recording. So this is Wednesday, UK, Wednesday morning. We've already had Netflix's results as they reported Tuesday aftermarket close and Tesla are reporting this evening, Wednesday aftermarket close. And then Thursday aftermarket close, we have the results from from Snap. How does that sound, Josh? Yeah, all good. Yeah, sounds good. Um it's another big earnings season ahead. Um so far it's been so good at the moment. Banks have kicked us off well and and have helped provide some optimism in markets and and that's why we've sort of had a had a few strong days on Wall Street. So yeah, so far so good. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Those banks have have performed well from just the market reaction I've had a look at over the last few days. And actually some of those banks, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, et cetera, have uh, broken some real key resistance levels. So psychologically, uh, it does look a lot better than it did, you know, from a sentiment point of view just a few days ago. Um, Mad that it could well be uh, the inflation, the strong inflation number being the turning point and the bottom for the market for a short term at least. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. So first up, as mentioned, we'll go through Netflix. You might as well do it in chronological order of of how they're either coming out or coming out. Um, I guess before we sort of go through the chart, and I can do that at the end uh, and talk about some potential areas to be aware of. How did you how did you see the report? How do you think investors or potential investors are feeling after it yeah i mean after what's been a pretty torrid 2022 for netflix so far i think 
investors, I would say, are breathing a sigh of relief, um, yeah. given it seems that they're probably starting to turn their fortunes around. And, and I think this is going to be a report that sort of those potential investors look at and say, OK, you know, maybe we can see some upside here. Um, we had that decline in subscribers for the first time in history. Um, Netflix um, beat estimates on subscriber growth by adding 2.41 million subscribers um, this quarter. Um, content was again a huge part in this. Um, it's king and, and was one of the main reasons that Netflix has seen such a strong performance this quarter, whether that's Stranger Things, we had Cobra Kai, um, and also the uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer series, which I think the less said about that, probably the better. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, revenue was up by around about six percent for the quarter to seven point nine three billion, um, and earnings topped estimates at three dollars ten cents a share. So although we're sort of you know getting that growth from Netflix, it isn't at the same pace it was a few years ago. But it's back on a positive trajectory, and that's that's the key thing here. Um, but although this was all in all uh, a sort of a strong headline report, Q four forecasts, in my view, didn't set the world alight. Um, and I think that tells us that it's probably not going to be all rosy going forward. Um, a strong dollar, as we know, has had a huge effect on sort of corporates over the last um, sort of few months. That's continuing to have its effect. Uh, Q4 earnings guidance was for about 36 cents per share. And that's compared to Wall Street estimates of about $1.20. So there's a big difference there. But the focal point that investors only seem to care about and, and generally all we sort of tend to see they focus on uh, was its subscriber numbers I and mean, that showed forecasts of four and a half million net additions in q4 which is a long way from where we were in sort of q1 when we lost subscribers right um and again netflix has got to keep pumping out this sort of same level of content to keep bringing subscribers back um especially when we're seeing this you know economic environment that we're in you know, buying a Netflix subscription is probably not going to be at the front of everyone's list. Um, but again, content is going to be really important. But that, of course, then, of course, comes at a, at a cost. And I think that could be one of the reasons that we've sort of seen uh, that downgraded or not downgraded or, or just that miss on, on earnings, if you like. Uh, and then the next focus for investors will be the, the, the sort of the focus in terms of that new ad tier. Whilst the model might not have a sort of a significant impact and probably until, say, 2023, I think it's going to be something that is going to be a key to the sort of the next stage of growth. And I've had, I've had a bit of time to sit back and think about this. I was quite sceptical in the beginning, um, but actually, I think this is going to be huge. I think this is the first time really in history that we're seeing a company of this sort of size and magnitude go from no adverts at all to advertising, I would say, that sort of complete reversal. And I think this is going to be a marketeer's dream straight into the living room on a streaming service that users can sit in front of and binge for hours and hours. Um, you know, ultimately, TV is, is obviously different. You might watch one program, you might change to another program. What that might be, you might, you know, not keep that TV on forever. But I would say Netflix is pretty much on everyone's nightly routine these days. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be key. And hopefully we'll see that starting to come through in, in, in 2023. Um, but yeah, a real, a real turn of fortunes for, for Netflix. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it is, Netflix is on that nightly routine. But also people watch TV, people watch YouTube. Their routine also includes a lot of adverts. So it's not really going to be that much of a shock of course you're gonna get some people that complain some people that say they will leave but they probably won't um netflix after hours uh at the moment anyways is up 14 percent uh which is great 
if you don't look at the chart on a, a long term time frame to see that it has been absolutely battered since. But it was really interesting going into the release. Um, and that means it's currently trading at 275 per share. But um, there was a massive, massive resistance level 248. Call it 250 if you want. We'd, we'd hit it multiple times since April. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, eight different days. Price went there and rejected and moved lower. Um, so we're now trading above that. So the next, for me, the next real key resistance level is going to be free, 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 one for your notepad. So that would be an area where if I had been long, if I got long, that's where I'd be looking to to take profit. So to the upside, free, 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 to the downside, 248 or 250, whatever you want to call it, those would be really the key levels that I'd be keeping a watch on in the short term. Obviously, investors will want to see a follow through uh, today on Wednesday for Netflix. But look, moving higher after hours, that's always a good sign. Next up is is the big one. And actually, just before I left the office yesterday, I spoke to, um, uh, they've, they've definitely got a proper name, but I'm going to call them the data guy. Uh, just to find out, I said to him, is Tesla still the, the most held stock on, on the platform? Uh, and they were like, I'm pretty sure it is. And, and it was, but by a very long way, by the way. So big out, big shout out to to Elon. Um, but let's get down to business. What are we looking out for? And, and what's the consensus heading into this report? Yeah, I guess it's no surprise that it's a real investor favorite, given that growth in the last sort of few years. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting report. One of the most interesting ones I think we've had from Tesla in a while. We obviously fell short of delivery expectations uh, back at the start of the month. Um, and I think Elon Musk is going to be keen to sort of deliver a strong result here. Um, and that delivery miss was a rare miss um, uh, on sort of the, the expectations that were set. And it was one of the first times that Tesla didn't deliver all of the vehicles they produced in that quarter. Um, you know, so they had that excess inventory and, and that's very rare given the demand that we've seen for Tesla vehicles. Um, and that, that sh- sort of shortfall has the street slightly worried that Tesla might be sort of losing its shine slightly. Um, when we sort of put everything together for Tesla between logistical issues in China, supply chain problems, the sort of Musk Twitter fiasco that we've had, EV competition increasing around sort of the world. There is growing pressure on Musk and his team to prove themselves, I think, especially this quarter with these earnings. Tesla is still the dominant name in, in the EV industry, but the traditional names are catching up. We've got VW, we've got Porsche, then we have Mercedes-Benz. They've just unveiled a new mm. sort of slick and sporty EV model came through this week. And I think it was actually... You know, if I'm wrong, I apologise, but I think it was a, actually on a on a lower price point than what Tesla was um, for. I think it was maybe the Model Y. So again, it, the competition is really coming through, and I think in this difficult period, in, investors want Musk laser focus and not trying to buy social networks and launch rockets into the sky. <laughs> um, so instead, we want to see the the brains behind uh, the the brains behind this business um, put investors on the right path. We want to understand, are we going to reach that sort of unit growth, those delivery numbers of 2 million in 2023? Um, and we want to find out more about China. That's going to be a key growth story. And we just want to know about profitability. We also want to know about demand. You know, is there a demand problem? Because I think that's going to be a focus from the earnings call, given those weaker delivery numbers. Musk mm-hmm. himself back in July had said that Tesla can only raise prices so far. 
until they start to have a demand issue. So that's really important once again. So I think reassurance from Tesla around that will be will be key. Production will also be in focus. Uh, obviously, we had those shutdowns in, in China, um, obviously with COVID, etc. But we've got these gigafactories that are stepping up all around the globe as well. And then finally, margins are going to be really important as well. That's sort of been the darling for Tesla over sort of recent times. These have been well above the industry standard and have sort of been one of the key reasons to their profitability. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be really key. Consensus has earnings at $1.04 for the quarter. Uh, let's see if Musk can sort of produce his magic once again. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be, be hoping he can. Um, just in overnight trading or pre-market trading, it's... It's up a tiny bit, but nothing substantial. But of course, that earnings report will come out after market close. So for those in the UK, that will be just after 9 p.m. when the US market closes. Uh, key levels, and, and I was looking at this yesterday on, on, on a webinar, um, massive, massive support level at 207, going back to July and August last year, the first time that was respected and then again in in sort of quarter one and quarter two before just literally a few days ago so that is massive and i'll say you know from a, a sentiment gauge if we finish today or tonight wherever you are in the world after the earnings call with with tesla below there i i fear for it i fear for it and i think you you see 182 167 coming pretty quickly that said if we do start to to get a you know a reversal from this decline that we've had over the last few weeks you know, price could, in theory, push back up to 265, which would be the next line in the sand for, for buyers and sellers. So one to keep a watch on. It's very well set, as are many earnings going into their reports, but certainly one to, to keep a close watch on. And, and as mentioned, for a lot of people on eToro, it is uh, a very popular stock. So, yeah, we'll be watching that closely. But, yeah, eyes on that aftermarket close. And just for newer investors that might be listening to this before the report, don't feel you need to get in now. It, I mean, price could jump higher 15% like Netflix did, or it could drop 15% on that earnings. We don't know. And if you do know, you've got inside trader knowledge uh, and you don't want to admit that. So uh, I would uh, I would just hold off. There's no harm in um, just waiting and seeing. Uh, the next one for us is Snap, or the last one today is, is, is Snap, who, let's face it, have had a, a pretty rough ride for for quite some time um uh but could this be the turning point that that's going to be a question on on people's lips um you know not just for investors right now but maybe for potential investors who potentially see uh, a good opportunity to you know ride the wave back higher uh but who better to ask than the man himself josh uh what are your thoughts at the moment oh yeah you're right sam it's been a tough year for for snap yeah. um just as it has been for any tech name, let's be honest. Um, But I think that the the real struggle here is that obviously corporate budgets um, are being cut, you know, marketeers are being more frugal over their spending, even with the the budgets that they do have after being cut. So I think that's, this is once again going to be sort of the key heading into this report. Are we still seeing those marketeers spending with Snap or are they choosing to spend their budget with Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Google, et cetera? Are they going top tier and staying with what they know? Um, last quarter saw revenue growth drop to its slowest rate on record. You know, management have come out and said that they've started to implement changes that would allow revenue growth to get back to previous levels uh, through its sort of direct advertising business. Um, but 
I don't think that's going to be baked anywhere into the price until there's actually proof in the pudding with that. Um, and they're also trying to cut costs where possible as well. Um, you know, they, they've made around 20% of its workforce redundant in August as well. So they are trying here. Um, but then finally, we've also got to take into account as well, users are, are you know, are moving to other platforms, which is, mm -hmm. is a reason we've seen a drop in daily active users. And that affects their whole model from bringing platforms in to getting those um, users to spend to then attracting marketeers. TikTok, TikTok has obviously been one of the biggest names to, to sort of really make it hard for Snap as well. Uh, Instagram and, and these other sort of you know, competitors that are uh, bringing out similar models. Um, they're expected to add around 11 million uh, daily active users in the third quarter. But again, that would be the lowest quarterly additions in two years. Um, and then that could only be set to get worse heading into to sort of Q4. So I think guidance is going to be a big factor. We saw that from Q3. Q3 earnings when, when guidance came through was huge. Um, but I think it, it looks like there's going to be little good news for investors to celebrate from this report. Um, but the theme from earnings season, and something to remember, is that expectations heading in are very, very low. Yeah. So what that does is that gives us more room for upside beats. And that gives us room for less bad news. And that can then go a really long way. Uh, again, last quarter, if we'd have had that Netflix number come out with the, the earnings per share that was missing estimates by mm -hmm. over a dollar, you know, ultimately, I think that that would have been punished, but it wasn't. So that little bit of less bad news has gone a long way. But again, not every company is, is going to be that fortunate this earnings season. Um, so Wall Street has forecasts of 6.5% revenue growth at $1.13 billion uh, and a loss of, of $0.03 cents per share, which was much lower than the, the, the profit of $0.17 cents per share that they made last year. So it may not be pretty heading in, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully they can, they can, uh, they can uh, turn something out. Yeah, I, I think that's key that less bad news. And, and that's really the, the, the theme that I think markets are going to cling on to for the next few weeks of earnings but also any data releases or, or interest rate meeting decisions and, and they are on the way as well by the way um just having a look at snaps chart it, it's it is brutal it is brutal when you look at it on uh sort of like a weekly chart just from those highs that we had you know in in 2021 um and uh yeah just the you can see that the sort of the gaps in the market following earnings reports um and how it can come under pressure however you know it's currently trading mid tens resistance 1275 1632 and a key one at 21 uh per share but for that downside surprise if that is to happen you really want to be careful below here we found a lot of support actually going back to sort of july august time around 935 if that gives way you know there will be people calling sort of the the all-time low on the share price which obviously goes back to the you know the sort of what sort of that sort of 2018 time around 476 a big level yes you've got a bit of support 787 and i can post all of these charts on my twitter later for anyone that does want to check them out but another one that's set pretty well i think if we can finish uh thursday after market close and snapchat is above 1275 investors will feel pretty good and there will be that opportunity to get to 16 then it's the next decision can we go to 21 so there's good opportunity out there however trade what you see would be my advice there um but look that that kind of brings us to to the end of the podcast i mentioned you've got um obviously quite the earnings season really starting to kick off a busy one next week uh, and then the week after that you know you've got central bank meetings i think the the feds 
if I'm not mistaken, are this time in two weeks, the 2nd of November, day after that, you've got the the Bank of England. So, yeah, I mean, the Bank of England, we, we could talk for a very long time about the, the situation in the UK, but I reckon people are sick of it. Um, you know, is trust going to stay? Is she not? The problem is you could say we could say something now and then a headline comes out in five minutes and, and uh, we're not on the ball. Yeah, but uh, yeah, although I saw and, and this made me laugh at the second favourite and apparently the favourite actually with Conservative Party members for the next Conservative conservative leader is Boris Johnson, which would just be baffling. Which about you, just, Dan? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, you just have to delete the UK, wouldn't you? You'd just yeah. be like, what, what are we doing? It's it's <laughs> insane. But on, on that note, let, let's wrap it, Josh. Um, you're, you're away next week living the dream. So uh, Ben will be on if he's about. Uh, I know he's off this week. I think it's getting to that sort of holiday season across the globe, isn't it? Around half terms for, for us in, in, in the Northern Hemisphere. And, and I hope you're going to enjoy some sun as well and well-deserved rest. So I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, and everyone else, I'll speak to you next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Take care, guys. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>